Well, I'm I'm on on the winning side. side. Yes, I'm on on the winning side. side. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Winning Side Podcast with Jeremy Coburnett, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. It is God's desire for His people to experience victory and to live on the winning side each and every day. We are so glad that you have joined us today and pray you will be blessed as you listen to today's edition of The Winning Side with Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is Monday, April 26th, and thank you for joining us on our daily broadcast of The Winning Side. And I hope you had a good weekend and I hope you had a good day uh, in church and hope you had a good Sunday school class and hope you served God. I hope you uh, got something out of the preaching and the teaching and I'm thankful for Sundays. I love Sundays. I'm already looking forward to next Sunday, but uh, we're so thankful that you've joined us today on this broadcast of The Winning Side. Uh, let us know you're watching. Let us know you're listening and we'd love to hear from you. The number is 252-308-4600 or uh, if you're on Facebook, you can just comment right there and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, happy birthday yesterday to Russell Jefferson and to Tracy Vick. I hope you had a good day yesterday for your birthday. And then today, happy birthday to Savannah Midget and Colden Todd. Happy birthday to you folks today. God bless you. And I hope it's a wonderful day. You know, um, I, we were laughing last, uh, last week or so when um, I was telling the story about uh, Russell Jefferson. It was the funniest thing. Um, he had, it wasn't funny that he had a fat lip, but it was funny what he said about his fat lip. But he had the fat lip on that Sunday evening after we had the marriage seminar on the Saturday night before. Well, Brother Harold was still here at the time, and he went up to Brother Harold, and he said, Brother Harold, he said, I want to tell you um, what you said at the marriage seminar. It did not work. He said, this is what my wife did to me. You know, he talked about that sub-mitt where you come under with the uppercut, and he was, of course, Brother Harold was joking and all that. And so uh, Brother uh, Russell was telling uh, Pastor Harold this, and he said for a second, Brother Harold looked at him like, no, please tell me it didn't happen, and it didn't happen uh, that way. Uh, he fell off of a tractor, and I was I was told that I needed to finish that story just so everyone knew that uh, uh, Russell uh, did not get punched in the face by his wife. He fell off a tractor, but anyway, happy birthday yesterday to uh, Russell, and I hope you had a good day. I appreciate all you do in our sound booth, and, uh, and you are a blessing, you and your family. Uh, we're looking forward to a great week. We're looking forward to uh, Saturday, the ladies' luncheon. And ladies, I'm so excited for you. And thanks to all of the folks who are uh, decorating this week and preparing food and getting things all right. It's going to be a great, great time. And ladies, I know you will be blessed by it. I want you to hear a song. Uh, the name of this song is He Made It Again. And it talks about how that uh, a potter uh, makes a vessel and then uh, that vessel gets broken. And uh, a, a real live potter may have to throw that out. But you know, God is the potter and we are the clay. And when our lives are broken, God doesn't throw out the broken pieces, but God takes the broken pieces and He uses them and He makes them again into something beautiful. And I'm thankful that we are God's workmanship and God wants to take our lives and use us and God wants to do something great with us and through us. So you listen to this song, and then after this song, we'll jump into Daniel chapter 11. 
So, so thankful that uh, God has taken our lives and God has uh, made something out of our messes. And uh, I think about Jonah. I love that passage where it says, And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Praise God for a God of second chances. And uh, God is so good to us. And I hope you enjoyed that song. Daniel chapter 11. We uh, started last week. We were in Daniel 10. And we said this all kind of goes together as one vision. Chapter 10, 11, and 12. Chapter 11 is where we see the account of the kings of the north and the south. Now, uh, some of you, your ears just perked up because you think I'm getting ready to talk about the Civil War, but I'm not. Uh, We're talking about Bible prophecy, the kings of the north and the south that came from the Grecian Empire, the the northern kingdom of Syria and the southern kingdom of Egypt. And we're going to talk a lot about these kings and how it relates to Antiochus Epiphanes. Remember we talked about him in Daniel chapter 8 and really he in many ways uh, is like a forerunner for the Antichrist. Uh, He did many things that the Antichrist will do and so we'll talk about that. But I do want to say this about Daniel chapter 11. Uh, John Walvoord is a man who wrote a book on Daniel and uh, he said this about Daniel 11. He said the first 35 verses of this chapter contain approximately 135 prophetic statements 
that have all been literally fulfilled in the order in which they were given. Uh, that's, that is just amazing. You say, well, I know there's a lot of prophecy and I know a lot's been fulfilled. Well, in these 35 verses, there's 135 specific prophecies that have all been fulfilled in the order in which they were given. Uh, only God could do that. Uh, you say, oh, I'm pretty lucky. I could make some good guesses. Well, maybe so, but you wouldn't make 135 out of 35 verses that were all 100% accurate and in order. But God can do it, and God gives us these prophecies here, and he gives them to us through Daniel. Number one, I want you to notice in Daniel 11, Verse 1, he says, uh, uh, I, in the first year of Darius the Mede, even I stood to confirm and to strengthen him. And now will I show thee the truth. Uh, behold, there shall stand up yet three kings in Persia, and the fourth shall be far richer than they all. And by his strength and through his riches, he shall stir up all against the realm of Grecia. We see number one, we see the Persian kings. The first one was Cyrus. Uh, there were three that followed. The fourth of these Persian kings was a man by the name of Xerxes. That Xerxes is the same king that we read about in the book of Esther. That was King Ahasuerus in the Bible. And this king, he was wealthy. Um, he had great riches. And it says that he would stir up the realm of Grecia. Esther 1 tells about a 180-day feast that Ahasuerus proclaimed. Can I tell you what? That man loved to eat, apparently, a 180-day feast. Probably that feast was in preparation for his attack on Greece in 480 BC, and that expedition ended in a disaster for the Persians. And you say, well, how come? Well, when you eat for 180 days, you're probably not gonna be ready to go out to battle. But nonetheless, uh, Daniel gives us the prophecy of these Persian kings. Then we see in verses 3 and 4, we see the Grecian kings. It says in verse 3, And a mighty king shall stand up that shall rule with great dominion, and he'll do according to his will. And when he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken and shall be divided toward the four winds of heaven, and not to his posterity, nor according to his dominion which he ruled, for his kingdom shall be plucked up even for others beside those. We see in verses 3 and 4, the Grecian kings, specifically Alexander the Great. He was an amazing general, amazing conqueror, amazing leader. Um, Alexander the Great had two sons. One was illegitimate. He had a second son that was born just shortly after he died. And both of these sons were murdered. The Bible says that, uh, that his posterity would not rule. The kingdom would not be given to them. They were, they were murdered. Well, the generals, and there were four generals, we've talked about that several times through this book, but there were four generals, and these four uh, fought against each other because they all wanted to be supreme. The Bible tells us that the kingdom would be divided in four parts, um, and uh, that kingdom would go to those four generals. Then we see in chapter um, 11, verses 5 through 20, we see the conflict of the Grecian kings. And suffice it to say that during this period, it was a back and forth struggle for power between the Syrian kingdom and the Egyptian kingdom. Israel was sandwiched in the middle. And uh, whenever the Syrian kingdom was fighting against the Egyptian or vice versa, 
Israel was always right in the middle and Israel always seemed to take the brunt and Israel seemed to always be uh, adversely affected by these wars going on back and forth. And that's where a lot of these prophecies are given because there's details of how these kings would fight against each other and what would happen and how it would happen. And, and all of the details are very, very interesting from verses 5 through 20. But I want to get to uh, verse 21 because I want you to see that uh, from these kings, there would come a Syrian king uh, who we know in history as Antiochus Epiphanes. It's found in verse number 21. I want you to notice with me. It says, and in his estate, he shall stand up, uh, and in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. You know what happened with Antiochus Epiphanes? He was a vile, he was a wicked person. He shouldn't have gotten the kingdom, but he lied, he cheated, he stole, he connived, and he weaseled his way into becoming the king by flatteries. Verse 22, And with the arms of a flood shall they be uh, overflown from before him and shall be broken, yea, also the prince of the covenant. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully. There it is again. And we see verse 24, He'll enter peaceably, uh, even upon the fattest places of the province. And he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey and the spoil and riches. And yea, he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds. The Bible goes on in verses 21 through 35 to describe the rule of Antiochus Epiphanes. You say, well, what's the big deal? What, what does it matter? Well, he was a forerunner for the Antichrist, and he did a lot of things that the Antichrist will do also. I want you to notice quickly about Antiochus Epiphanes. He was a man of ambition and deceit. The Bible says he got the kingdom. It wasn't rightfully his, but he got it. Uh, he deceived, he schemed, he flattered, he got the throne, made a league uh, that he didn't plan to keep. He made a treaty with Egypt, but he broke that. And then we see in verses 25 through 31, that he was a man of aggression and destruction. Uh, he defeated Egypt. He uh, conquered Palestine. Um, he slaughtered many Jews. He sold many Jews into slavery. Uh, he literally just ransacked the temple. This was a very destructive man, uh, a very aggressive man. And then we see in verses 31 to 35 that he was a man of abuse and desolation. Uh, he persecuted the Jews who resisted him. Um, he forced them to stop the temple services. He said, you cannot worship God in this temple. You cannot offer sacrifices. Uh, he forced them into uh, pagan rituals, and he forced them into evil deeds. Uh, it says in verse 32, it says that there were some that resisted. Um, verse number uh, 32, it says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. During this time, Antiochus Epiphanes, he is persecuting the Jews. But guess what? There were some people that stood up and said, No way. Not happening, buddy. We know God. We love God. We're here to serve God. And the Bible says that because they knew God, 
They were strong and they did some amazing things. That word exploits, in this case, it, it talks about a notable or heroic acts that these men were able to do because they knew God. Boy, I tell you what, that ought to encourage you to say things may be wicked and things might be bad in this world, but the people that know God, they can be strong. They can be on the winning side. They can still have victory in Jesus. And I want to encourage you today, let's get back to knowing God. Let's not just know about God. Let's not just know some facts. And let's not just have the, uh, now I lay me down to sleep and I pray the Lord my soul to keep. But let's get to know God. Let's walk with God and let's live on the winning side. We'll finish up tomorrow about Antiochus Epiphanes. And then we will shift gears here in Daniel 11 to conclude with the Antichrist who is yet to come. And we'll see again those similarities between those two men. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a great day and we'll be back tomorrow. On the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Thank you for joining us today on the Winning Side podcast with Jeremy Coburnett, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. If today's episode encouraged you in your Christian life, would you consider sharing this daily podcast with a friend, a neighbor, maybe a family member, or a coworker? We are grateful for your help in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. If we can ever be a help to you in any way, please let us know by calling or texting us at 252-308-4600. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to having you join us again next time on The Winning Side Podcast with Jeremy Coburnett.